You're listening to Love, Mary Jane, a big talk podcast helping relationships thrive in the modern cannabis culture. I'm Joanna Newding, a cannabis lifestyle guide, published relationship writer, and host of Casually Baked, the podcast. And on Love, Mary Jane, I'm your armchair life coach. Oh, that I'm asking, just a little phone call. If you're at a crossroads and the intersection is cannabis and relationships, put it in park. You're in the right place. So give me what you got. Engage by submitting your story and cannabis-infused relationship questions at lovemaryjane.net. Each episode of Love Mary Jane will feature a letter seeking advice or insight into a relationship affected by cannabis. Romantic, familial, professional, personal, nothing is off limits. Wherever you're struggling, I will hand-select a friend, colleague, or expert that feels appropriate to join me in the studio to help me empower you to make the best decision. This is Love, Mary Jane. Dear Mary Jane, I met someone over the holidays when I was home visiting my family. We're almost two months into the flirtatious long-distance connection. He's in the legal cannabis business, and I currently live in a non-legal state. I initially didn't see this going anywhere because of that, but we do have a spark. Any advice on keeping this thing alive? What's the best way to have a long-distance relationship? Thanks so much for your help. Signed, Longshot. Aaron, welcome back to the studio. Hello. Thank you for having me back. Yes, I thought this one would be... A nice conversation for us to have because I know I have had more than my fair share of long-distance relationships, and you too, and I think you actually have one currently. (laughs) I do. (laughs) (laughs) I do have one currently, yeah. Um, Yeah, this is a really, really fun topic and and just so alive in dating culture right now, um, especially as much as people are traveling these days. Well, and two, when you travel and you are on these dating apps like, you know, Tinder or something like that, it's going to pull up whoever's in your in your area. And so you do end up sometimes making a connection if you're traveling somewhere for business and you're alone and you're like, screw it. Let's see if there's somebody interesting in town. Definitely. And yeah. so this thing can creep up to where all of a sudden you're like, holy shit, I met someone I like and they live two time zones away from me. Mm. Yep, it definitely happens. It definitely happens. And I've I've actually I was recently working with a, a woman who was on an app and she travels to and from New York from California quite frequently and you know, she's kind of starting to have a little bit of a similar uh thing here as Miss Longshot. So, perfect timing. All right. Well, so I think the first thing that I would consider as someone, you know, looking into whether or not something like this is viable is, you know, kind of tossing out the idea of seeing each other again, you know, because obviously for something to really materialize, you have to get back in front of one another. Definitely. It's really easy in some of these situations, especially because of how often we are now using dating apps for, you know, that false sense of intimacy, that it's it's easy in these situations to kind of fall into the fun, flirtatious sexting and, you know, oh, it would be so great to see you, but there's never really 
any intentional action behind that. And I think that that's something in these kind of situations that you need to have awareness of, you know, on both sides are, are you just saying that you would like to see me at some undetermined time in the future, you know, next time I'm home for the holidays, or is it something that's, uh, there's a willingness on both ends, you know, right. so even if she's in a place where his work wouldn't work, that he would still be willing to say, hey, I'd love to fly in for a weekend and spend some quality time with you, or I'd love to have you come out, you know, what do you think about this date and time? So that there's actually something behind it that's progressing it from being uh, this fun, flirtatious, sexy thing into something that you can actually see if there's really, truly potential there. I agree. And I think it's um, an interesting way, too, to quickly call someone's bluff, (laughs) to be honest. You know, it's like, oh, great. So this is fun. You know, we're having phone sex or, you know, sexting or, you know, whatever it is that's, you know, getting the oxytocin flowing. You know, it's throwing a date out on a calendar and saying, hey, I have some free time. I can come visit you or... I have some free time. Are you interested in coming and visiting me Mm. and seeing what that reaction is? Throw that out there and then be quiet and see what happens. Yeah, definitely. You know, another piece of that is that, is it just the flirtatious energy that is the main thing that's between the two of you? Or are you actually beginning to share with each other in a deeper way about your your dreams and your hopes and and what your lifestyle is like and and getting to know this person beyond just the oxytocin high of you know oh my god i met this man and we had this crazy intense experience and i want more of that thing yeah yeah like what is the depth of those conversations do you even know what this person's values are you know those are the sorts of things that become stepping stones to building you know, some sort of a relationship that is viable. Um, But if, you know, if you're, it's still at this kind of superficial level, then, then you don't know. And it is just play at that point. Yeah. And for some people, play's good and that's all they want. Totally. And it's such a, um, it's such a delicate balance in my opinion here because, you know, communication is key. And, you know, if you're two months into something, it's not like, where is this going? You know, I've met yeah. you once in person and like, are you the one? Yeah, you definitely babies, don't married? do that. Oh my <laughs> God. If you never want this to go anywhere, do that. <laughs> <laughs> but it's a, it is, it's a, it's a ride and it's a balance of being able to also begin to ask engaging questions that can have you really understanding for yourself whether this is a good fit or not in a way that's, you know, in my opinion, potentially going to stretch someone, but not have them feel like, oh my God, what am I getting myself into with someone so far away? So, you know, because I think a lot of people kind of like play this game of like, oh, like it's not that big of a deal and I'm just going to play cool and see what he wants to do. But underneath the surface, they're like plotting and scheming about all the ways that they want something that's not there. And, you know, there there ends up being this underlying, uh, sometimes slightly manipulative thing that can happen in those kind of dynamics where one person has a really particular set of ideas around what's happening and the other has, you know, the opposite end of that, you know, so Mm -hmm. it's how do you balance between 
having really clean, clear, honest communication while still keeping like the tether of the the sexy flirtation um, really strong and palpable in both people's systems. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, and we each find evidence to support the things that we believe Mm. and the things that we want. It's so easy. I mean, you know, the world is here to show us whatever we're putting out. I mean, it's a reflection of our thoughts. And, you know, I tell people all the time, I'm a believer that thoughts become things. So if, you know, you are putting that out there and you're seeing that, then you may think that this person has these same feelings coming right back at you, but they're seeing things a totally different way. Mm. And so it's making room to be really open and honest with yourself about what you're seeing and what you want versus what they're seeing and what they want. And it requires a little bit of an awkward conversation of like, you know, stepping out a little bit and, and, you know, asking those questions, like I said, putting, you know, throwing a date out and seeing, do they bite? Are they immediately like, absolutely, I want to see you. That weekend doesn't work for me, but this one does. Does that work for you? That's a great, that's a buying signal. Yep. If someone's like, you know what, it, this month's not going to work for me. Mm. And then the, should they stop talking? That's also uh, sending you a message. Definitely. And and I will say that sometimes, and I've definitely done this before. I mean, hey, we live pretty busy lives. Mm-hmm. And there have been times where I was traveling and then I came back and I knew for sure that, you know, I'm going to need a few weeks to catch up on jet lag and then work stuff. And so there there have been times when someone said, hey, I'd really love to come visit. And I was like, you know what, I'd love that too, but I don't actually know when that can happen, but I want us to stay connected. And there is a challenge in if it doesn't work, are you staying connected to the person and saying, hey, maybe not now, I don't know when, but I still want this and I'm going to stay engaged versus someone who's like, hey, I want to come see you. And they're like, whoa, 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 you know, hold on a minute, you know, and then all of a sudden the little bits of ghosting start happening, you recognizing them not responding to your messages in the same way that they used to. And you can just, um, for me, it's like, it's energetically feeling them pull away, but I can feel it for me. It's like this feeling in the center of my chest, this sort of like tightness where Mm -hmm. it's like, oh, like something's shifted and something is not being said. Yes. Yeah. You know, men, women, we all have that. And it's just whether or not we choose to listen to it or to ignore it and bury it and keep going. And, you know, I think one of the most important things that we can do for ourselves in any sort of relationship is recognize those red flags early and often and get out, you know, it's like, because Mm. there are plenty of fish in the sea. There are plenty (laughs) of opportunities to find your person. And instead of trying to force something, like when you notice those little things, it's okay that it's not you, you know, that you're still an amazing person. You know, it's like we take these things personally and we try to change the person or convince them or whatever. But Mm. for me, I'm like, fucking pull the ripcord, (laughs) you know? Definitely. Speaking of that, I did see that she mentioned in her letter that they'd been dating for two months. Now, I personally have something that I 
Uh, a friend of mine actually kind of coined it with me. We were like, oh, it's the 90-day rule. Even if you're at a new job, it's kind of like that first 90 days. You're like feeling it out in both directions. Like, is this a good fit for me? Is this a good fit for you? What's the combination of this like? So two months in, I would definitely encourage you to still be dating uh, Absolutely, absolutely. Yes. I think that that's really, really important because I think it's – When we see the potential of someone and we start to fall into the potential of what could be and, you know, the natural instinct there is to fall into a little bit of fantasy. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. my hand is raised right now. I've totally done that before. Um, But it's important to keep yourself active and engaged in your own life instead of kind of defaulting to like, oh, well, I can't actually go out to this dinner tonight because, you know, he and I are in different time zones. So I need to make sure I'm home by eight o'clock, you know, so I can get ready for some video chat with this person who's like somewhere else. And then all (laughs) of a sudden your life around you starts looking different to try to fit into someone else's reality that you're not actually clear on what it is. And I think that there's the potential for that to be somewhat of a downward spiral in some ways. I absolutely agree. And I think someone else can sense it. You know, if you are always available when they call, or, you know, you can always have a chat on eight o'clock on a Friday night, Mm -hmm. like, you need to be busy and fabulous. Yeah. Busy and fabulous people are sexy. Mm. People who are waiting by the phone feel desperate. And that energy, like you said, it's palpable. Yeah. Yeah. Especially if it's something um, where whenever they message you, you you're, you're always available and message back. But then when you message them, there's like a time delay. Um, and that that's just like, you know, you be having some level of awareness of of pacing on both sides and finding where your own flow is, you know, especially if you're not on the same time zone is really, really crucial in my opinion. Oh, yeah. And, you know, I, unfortunately, I've had more long distance relationships than I care to admit. And they've been anything from, you know, being three hours up the road from one another to being a couple of time zones away to being East Coast, West Coast, Mm -hmm. to being in another country. Like I was nine hours difference from someone I was dating at one point. Yeah. And it's, yeah. And, you know, when you wake up in the morning and it's already in the afternoon for them and that's, you know, you've made up a time to chat well, you know, I'm in a different frame of mind at seven o'clock in the morning than somebody else, you know, than I am at three in the afternoon. Definitely. And so, you know, even finding that rhythm of communication is challenging when you're that far away from each other. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. You know, there's also for me, um, you know, and obviously I, I'm in a, I'm in an, I'm someone who is in an open relationship. And so it's, it's slightly different to me, but there's also a difference to me in long distance relationships where, you know, it's like the vacation lover or it's like, oh, it's really, really hot. Like a few times a year that we get to see each other because so much desire gets built up and so much yearning and tension is just like there. And it's like, oh, you can feel it every step of the way. (laughs) But the reality is day to day life with that same person 
you're like, who the hell am I waking up with? This isn't the person that we wake up and go and sit, you know, naked or lay in bathrobes in a hotel eating room service, just like devouring each other for 72 hours, you yeah. know, and then you yeah. go home and you're like, oh my God, I could have that every day. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, you're like, oh, this is the same guy that um, doesn't pick up his shit and leaves, yeah. you know, dirty things in the sink and all over the bathroom. And you're like, oh, not as attractive anymore. Yeah. So, you know, it's, it's, I I think going back to that like 90 day rule, you you know, you got to feel into what type of an energy and dynamic the relationship wants to take um, instead of trying to control and force something to happen, allowing it to unfold, letting it be natural, letting it see where it wants to go. And, you know, with something like that, it's like, you know, if this is a wave that you cannot outrun, let it take you, let it change you, let it change your idea and concept of what your life looks like now to what's possible. I think that's really beautiful. Mm. And I think it is, I mean, that's a beautiful metaphor for life in general, but, you know, having this idea of, okay, this is our 90-day rule, we're keeping it light and flirty, but Ask open-ended, big questions. Get an understanding of this person's, you know, faith and their values, things they enjoy doing, the things that make them laugh. What kind of, you know, jokes and movies do they enjoy? Because all of those things will help put together the puzzle of who this person is. And then at the end of 90 days, you very well could be like, this might be a good friend of mine. Mm -hmm. We might be cool friends. I'll see him when I come home to visit my family, but yeah, not my guy. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times women especially end up just diving headfirst and, you know, like I'm not seeing anybody else. I'm I'm committed to this thing Mm -hmm. when they're not even considering the long game. Like this guy's in the cannabis business. You live somewhere where it's not even legal. Unless you're willing to, you know, move home at some point and be near your family. Like, I'm in the cannabis space, and my family and friends ask me all the time, when are you moving back to Texas? I'm like, when are you legalizing pot? (laughs) You know? Yeah, definitely. And and would you be resentful if you let go of everything that you've worked so hard to create for yourself – to have this other thing and then it didn't work out, would you be sitting back home like, gosh, like there was a reason I left this place and I knew it and, you know, kind of what you were saying about looking for evidence. It's sort of like, can you actually make this decision from an empowered place of saying, wow, I'm in love and I want to explore this and this is an amazing person that feels like he's willing to have the same level of commitment as I am to really seeing what is available between the two of us versus, you know, just grabbing at something because it feels good in the moment. Mm -hmm. And I think as long as you are willing to keep it light and fun and flirty and go back and forth, maybe see each other, you know, once a month, every other month. I think for me, whenever I was doing a long distance relationship with someone who I loved very deeply. We had a amazing chemistry, an amazing sex life. About the three and a half week 
marker of us not being around each other, I would physically start feeling an ache in my body. And at five weeks, I'm like, that five weeks was as long as I could go. And I'm like, if we can't see each other every five weeks, this isn't working for me. And so I think another big thing is just figuring out what your boundaries are around it and make sure that you can create a construct that you can live within without taking your eye off of your daily life, you know, Mm. like, because if you miss someone or you are jonesing for sex so bad or needing intimacy so bad, your relationships with your friends are going to suffer. You're Mm. not going to go out as much. You're going to feel preoccupied at work. And none of those things are sexy in a partner. Mm. Yeah, definitely not. I will say, on some of the positive end of some of this long-distance love, um, one of the things that I've realized is like that physical connection and that yearning and and the intimacy of being face-to-face with someone is probably the biggest thing. But I think that there's also another side of it where um, I miss the experiences with someone. And I think that that is something that in a long distance relationship, you still can continue to cultivate. It just takes more attention. You know, so for instance, you know, I have had someone who has been like, hey, I'm going to text you the name of somewhere and I need you to be there, you know, on Saturday at three o'clock. And then all of a sudden it's like, oh, like my whole body lights up and it might be Tuesday, but he is in my system every single day. And I'm like, what does he have planned? Like, you know, Mm -hmm. what do I need to wear? You know, and all of a sudden you start having those feelings of um, being really excited about a date. And even though they're not there in person, they're creating um, they're creating an experience for you, even if it's just like, hey, I really, I know I can't take you out to dinner or lunch in person, but go to this restaurant and maybe I'm going to have some roses sent there or something for you. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's like there are ways of doing that. And I love, love, love when I go and visit my partner. I leave notes hidden around his house. And then when certain time has gone by or when I know he's having a hard day, I'll be like, hey, babe, like, look in that one vase in the living room that, you know, nothing's ever in because he's a guy. (laughs) (laughs) But then it's like he gets to have these reminders of like, oh, wow, she's still here. I can still feel her presence and that there can still be this cultivation of deeper love and thoughtfulness and intimacy with someone. Yeah. You know, so some of that stuff can actually be like really, really hot, you know, and and oftentimes when you're with someone in person, they don't think about that because they're like, oh, okay, well, what's the standard fare? Like, oh, we're going to go have drinks and appetizers. We're going to go have a dinner together. Maybe it'll get physical, but you know, there's much more opportunity to be lazy, you know? And so with the long distance, if you're really engaged with it, I personally think that it's an opportunity for your imagination to come online and for you to find ways to surprise and delight this person who's bringing joy into your life and that you're wanting to explore deeper with. Yeah, and just being creative and fun with it. I think that's great because, yeah, you can get into this monotony of what a date is supposed to be when you live in the same town. And, you know, and one of the things being long distance that was always important to me is when we talked, I needed it to be 
you know, Skype or FaceTime or Zoom or whatever. Like I need Mm -hmm. to see your face. That's one of those pieces of it that can start to just kind of fall away and you, where you start to lose that connection if you know you're not going to see someone. Like, you know, when I was living in Italy and was having a relation, ridiculously long distance relationship with someone in California, if we didn't see one another and it was just the phone call every now and again, like I didn't feel satiated with that. Mm -hmm. Being creative, but also being willing to make time. Make time in whatever way is going to work for everybody. But, you know, you do have to get creative and it does get old fast. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a tendency also to sometimes only want to share the really up aspects of our life because we're like, oh, I don't want to be a downer and tell them I had a bad day or something. But I think that it's also important to share with people like really where you are. So if you're having a video chat and you're feeling tender and vulnerable and raw and that you're you're going through something, that you can actually let them see that in you mm-hmm. and let them feel your grief or your sadness as much as you're willing to let them feel like the glowy, dewy, bright face of you when you're just like so excited to see them. You know, it's like allowing them to see the different aspects of you because I think that's a huge piece in cultivating the intimacy for you to determine whether or not am I going to make a humongous life decision to alter my reality, you know, into this other person's life. Yeah. That's a big decision to make. It's a huge decision to make. And I know that I have done exactly what you said, and in one particular long-distance relationship, my being that open and vulnerable scared the fuck out of the guy. It quickly began dissolving. Mm -hmm. But, you know, that needs to happen. Then you know that that's not your guy, you know? Yeah, it gives you valuable information, you know? And then there's always like what we were talking about, like those intricacies. And, I mean, you're someone who has a really high capacity to feel, you know, and so knowing, like, is this something this person can hold or not? And sometimes we're unfortunately, you know, let down in those situations. But also, Some of you us know, are just too hot to handle. Thank goodness <laughs> that you had that information sooner than later so that you didn't, you know, set yourself up to say, oh, well, I'm not going to date anyone else and I'm going to wait for this thing and that we're going to do this. And then, you know, feel like you've wasted three months, six months, a year of your life. Well, and I will admit that this one particular person was getting cold feet because they didn't think they could wait the extra three months until I came back across the pond. Mm. So I cut my trip early. I came home early for this person. And then when I got home, that person ghosted me. So talk about being angry as fuck that you left Italy three months early. My goodness, yeah. Yeah. So I tell you that as a cautionary tale, long shots. (laughs) You come first. Your happiness comes first. What you want comes first. If you are building a life in this city and you have great friends and you have an amazing job and you're killing it, you keep fucking killing it. Do not change your plans for a man. I would definitely agree with that. And if you are really serious about each other and the thing continues to grow and develop and you visit each other a few times, 
you know, ultimately, I do think that instead of having something open-ended, unless you both decide, hey, neither one of us are willing to move right now, so we're going to commit to, you know, monthly trips in one direction or another, but having some kind of a, a finite timeline so that you know where this thing is going and it's not just this continuously open-ended piece of things because, you know, there are a lot of negotiations that come into play. And it sounds like with where you're at, enjoy the flirtation, have fun, live your life, continue to date while you're doing it, you know, bring all of the joy that you're experiencing into your day-to-day life, into the dynamic with this guy. I totally agree. And I love the You know, in cannabis, we say start low and go slow. (laughs) So here I'm going to say let it go slow, like pace it, savor the waiting, and just really enjoy having this fun little thing that you can look forward to when you go home for your family reunion or when you go home for the next holiday. But don't put any expectations on it or him, or yourself. Just let it be this thing where you're just kind of in the flow with it. Mm, I love it. In the flow, long distance. God. And you're right. It is a long shot, long shot. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, That it is, and enjoy the process. Amen. The Love Mary Jane column and podcast are created and produced by yours truly, Feedback feeds the flame of Mary Jane, so submit your cannabis-related relationship questions or sticky situations at lovemaryjane.net. Thanks to my highly capable sound engineer, Arnav Gupta, and to my highly talented friend, Seth Walker, for the show vibes. You can find the Love MJ theme music, All That I'm Asking, on Seth's album, Sky Still Blue, however you listen to music these days. hope you'll join me next week for more. Love, Mary Jane. Thanks for listening to today's show. To check out more great cannabis podcasts, go to podconnects.com. Here's a preview of one of our other shows. Hey everyone, it's Ryan from the Cannabis Connoisseur Podcast. If you're looking for ways to utilize cannabis to keep you healthy, strong, and sharp, come join us every Wednesday where we dive into the best ways to use cannabis to optimize your life. Topics include cannabis and athletics, cannabis for productivity, cannabis for anxiety, cannabis for a healthy immune system, and so much more. If you're a curious connoisseur, this show is for you. So please head over to our page and we're looking forward to seeing you this week. Bye.